0: God is good in his very nature. God is good. But he will judge, he will judge sin. He can't stand by and let things uh, continue on a wrong course. He's provided for us a way of salvation every day. We need to thank him for his redemption for sacrifice every day that it gives to us as a gift for us to live and have our being. We are blessed. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 3 this morning and uh, I want to mention a couple things about Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy was like a son to Paul in a way of a relationship. Paul had mentored Timothy as a young man Paul had mentioned something about Timothy that I think was very outstanding and very much of a compliment. And before we get to Second Timothy, I just want to read, you don't have to look it up. I want to read a portion from Philippians 2, nineteen to twenty four, but it describes something about Timothy's his, his heart and his, his whole attitude toward uh, the ministry. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy. This is Paul's letter to Philippians. I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you shortly so that that I also may be encouraged when I I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests not those of Christ Jesus but you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself also shall be coming shortly. You really get a sense of Paul's heart here, he's writing from a prison cell, the book of Philippians, and now he's thinking about Timothy, that would be his like it would be like his arm, it would be like his a part of him that could go and 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 check on the church's condition. That Paul wrote it to Corinth a portion that he talked about his his trials and his persecutions, his ups and downs and be broken and beaten, be shipwrecked, and he had a whole list of things. And all out of that list, he came out with this, but I I have the churches on my heart. Despite all the things that are going on in the world, the churches on my heart. And I think for many of us today, there are so many things going on in the world or in your life but you have some people on your heart, you have a person on your heart, you have someone that you're praying for, reaching out to, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because God himself has people on his heart. That's good news for us. That he actually knows where everyone is. No one can hide from God really we can try but we'll never we'll never accomplish that i notice how paul wrote and part he said as soon as i see how things go with me there's a sense here that we don't always know how things are going to work out in this life are you with me he sensed his heart you know and it's almost like you say and if i don't if things don't turn out for me the way I want them to, then I'm good with that, I'm okay with that, then that means that God has another plan, God has another purpose, God has something else in mind for you and I. Because really when it comes down to this, we walk by faith and not by sight. And it really means a couple of things. Things may not be always what they appear to be. Things may not always appear, we may not always see. As God, in courses of course, as God sees all things. But Paul said, I trust in the Lord. It was Paul's heart that he would be able to get to his people. And so I'm gonna back now to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's with this in my heart to take today that. Paul is writing to Timothy, his it's like his son, it's the one whom he poured his life into, the one whom served Paul, the one who he trusted, the one who was like a right arm to Paul, Timothy. But Paul wanted to warn and equip, encourage, lay it out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Chapter three, Second Timothy reads, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Then he begins to list what they are. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, and irreconcilable, malicious gossips, Without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Did I just read something that strikes home? Is this not what we're seeing in our world? How should this cause us to respond? I want to talk today about staying the course, keeping the faith, because it's not over till the Lord calls you and I home. We're called to stay and be the salt and the light. He's placed you in, in your community to be the light, to be the Word in you, the Word carried out, through the help of the Holy Spirit. So he goes on in verse five, these things that are going to happen in the last days, he describes in verse five this form of godliness. Although they have denied its power, he says, avoid such men as these. He's talking to Timothy. There will be those who seem spiritual, but they're really not the, the real deal they have denied the power of the Lord Jesus. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Then he describes a couple of people, Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. These were people that were actually doing things under the power of Satan during the time of Moses confronting Pharaoh. These men were were doing things also. Satan can do some powerful things. Satan comes to deceive. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has more power. And God is for you. And you have his armor available to you. You have the whole protection through Jesus. You don't just get part of it, but you get it all. In the name of Jesus, you have salvation. You have the truth that comes through looking to his word, and so he, he goes on. They will not make further progress. And may it be that Satan will not make further progress on your behalf. Satan, get behind us, Jesus spoke to many times, several times when he was opposed, as even Peter himself said, I will die. Going, following you, what happened? Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. Where did that come from? Well, he was, Peter was trying to help the Lord out and said, I won't let them kill you. I won't let them destroy you. Because Jesus knew he was a sacrifice. And nothing was going to stop the will of God. And so may we learn then pray and seek the face of God in the days that we live. I find myself wanting to pray this, Lord, show me what and how I should pray. Show me how to harmonize, join in with your heart. To pray in accordance to your will. And I find myself, if you've been uh, seeking the Lord, I believe that God can give, give us the wisdom and by the help of the Holy Spirit, You can pray Holy Spirit-led prayers, Holy Spirit-filled prayers, that you're not just uttering words, but it is blending with the heart of God. It is synchronizing with the Word of God. It is actually you taking His Word like the sword, like a sword that He describes, that Paul described in Ephesians, that pick up the sword of the Spirit that you might be able to, what? At one point, he used the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts. You can't, and to just see the picture, the imagery that we are going into this life, that we're not going to shrink back. We're going, sometime we need to stand and station ourselves and just protect ourselves and then go forward again. The Word of God is your weapon, the sword of the Spirit. And so Paul is saying to Timothy in these few verses coming up, he's going to say some things about the Word of God. Because Paul understood that there was a battle. And I wonder, as it was in those days, Paul's life, Paul had many oppositions. Guess what? The church was born in opposition. The, per- the church was brought in to the world raised up in a controversial world, in a, in, a, in a spiritual, confused world. And that's what Jesus says to us. Go into all the world, go and make disciples. You know what it takes to make disciples? It takes their time to love people, talk to your neighbors, build bridges, mend fences, whatever it takes to have an opportunity to share Jesus, the love of God. You see, we're coming down to this. The church has never been without persecution. The Bible seems to suggest that they will only increase as we get closer to the end. There will be more persecution toward the end of this thing. But we are to look up for our redemption draweth nigh. The disciples in the New Testament considered it, they were honored that they were considered worthy to be persecuted for his name's sake. And so we read down, Paul begins to describe, but you followed my teaching, conduct, Sometimes we just need to have an example. Sometimes it helps for us to see, see it lived out. This conduct, this purpose, this faith, this patience, this love, this perseverance, persecutions, verse 11, and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch. At Iconium, Elis, lists Lystra and persecutions I endured. And Notice, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. That's a good word. They came through. He came through. Paul came through it. And then he says, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be pers- persecuted. I was talking to a, a, some years ago, probably over 20 years ago now, to a country pastor where I used to pastor in Palisade. I was talking to one of my a pastor in that community. We'd rub shoulders once in a while and He'd always ask, well, how's it going? So I would, too. How's it going? You know what? There's some good things happening, but at the same time, there's a battle. There's always a battle. Always a battle. And then he says to me, you know what? If you're in a battle, you're having battle, you're doing something right because you're ruffling the enemy. You're disturbing the enemy. You're you're shaking them out because... The enemy is more concerned about the people of God. He wants to get them discouraged, and he could defeat them somehow that he could get the upper hand. So all those who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. I really don't know what persecution is in this land, to a degree, but we haven't. We've been blessed. So many of my brothers and sisters in other places of the world have been tortured, martyred, been beaten, imprisoned, yet they keep on. They keep on. My brother Dwight Palmquist, who's now with his Lord in heaven, told a story about one time he was preaching in Philippines. And this man came cussing, swearing and began to hurl rocks, began to hurl rocks at him. And one of them hit him just right in the head. And he he said he stung him, it stung him, but he kept on standing there preaching and proclaiming the things of God. You see, it started in the early church when Peter himself, Stood up after the day of Pentecost and begin to proclaim and begin to explain the things of the Spirit, begin to explain to the hearers that were hearing, wondering why were they speaking in some strange language, and Peter began to describe and, and explain this is that which is promised by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out of my spirit. Friends, want us want us to begin to believe God and his promises that he's going to pour out his spirit upon you and I. And you're going to speak words that you never thought uh, you would ever bring forward. God, the Holy Spirit, is going to fill you when you desire more of him. You see, evil men have always been, there's always been evil There's always been evil after the sin entered the picture. And now we are reaping. We are reaping because of the fallen world. There is no end. This list that I read here earlier in chapter 3 describes people that are without God. It describes the depravity. There is no limit to what a person will do without God. You can never, that person, any of us, we can never be satisfied without the Spirit of God. We are empty, we are void, we are without, we are, we are like we're, we're, there's nothing really significant, any purpose in our lives. Notice verse three, haters of good, haters of good. Satan doesn't want to see anything good happening. Satan doesn't want to see unity. But guess what? God has the upper hand and He has the last word. And He declares to you and I, and Paul's saying to Timothy, as He listed all these things, verse 14, He says, You, however, it's almost like He's saying, But, however, you continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, training, and righteousness. I believe that. I believe that when I go to his word, it is the inspiration inspired by God. God breathed it. God used man as a vessel. God speaks to us now under this inspiration, under the anointing of the scripture itself. It was the tool, it was the weaponry, it is that which is Paul described as a sword. It will cut. Hebrew described it as it, it cuts to the marrow, and to, to the bone, cuts down into the marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We're going to stand before God, and it's going to be because of Jesus Christ that we are able to be accepted. We cannot come up with any kind of, of goodness in ourselves. We can never live good enough to be ready for heaven, but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. What is God saying to us? I've given you my word. You can build on my word. You can trust me because you work. What did Isaiah mean when he said his thoughts are not my thoughts? Your thoughts are not his thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, he described that God replenishes the earth with, he said, snow and rain. And he said something to the effect So shall I send my word, and it will accomplish that which I desire. And so I have this picture that you and I are to be like the sower. No matter how hard the ground, no matter how hard the person, you keep sowing. You just keep sowing love. You keep sowing God's word. You keep speaking God's word over your situation. And it's God that brings to life. God will never go against his own word. God always honors, and we too are always the honor's word. The word of God is a double-edged sword as Hebrew described. One pastor friend, he was preaching. He said something, and this was a, this was a young pastor who I had really respected a lot. He was a military guy. He was getting ready. After the pastor, he, he felt God was calling him into the chaplaincy. His name was Tom Soldier. I see about 30 some years ago Carrie and I were in college and we were always encouraged to find a church while we were attending college it's going to Bible schools is no substitute for the local church so you guys they encourage us to go find a church don't don't go to bedside assembly, amen. Don't sleep in on Sunday morning, sister. Uh, sister, pillow and brother and sister sheets. We we make these things. But Tom seldom had had it in his heart to be a chaplain. He's now he's he's the top guy in the chaplaincy, nation. And he came from a farm, farming background. But he said this. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> he said quite a few things, but the way he said it, he, oftentimes he would be in tears. And Paul described Timothy, another place, he described Timothy as having a faith that it was a result of his mother and his grandmother. Timothy's faith grew because of his mother's faith his grandmother, Faith. People are watching you and I. And oftentimes it's not always what we do is what we don't do. Or how we respond or not respond. That we're not blown out of the water by things that are coming into this whole World system—we're not taken even by surprise. Could should we? Ought to be really depravity? What does that word mean? Depravity has to do of the s- situation of mind, a mindset. We're a nation. begins to push God out of their life, they don't want anything to do with the true God. But they have to have some kind of a God. Some kind of a form. And they find themselves always wanting, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we don't go the way of Jesus, we'll never know the truth. We'll think we know the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the good news, we don't have to understand everything. How many still have questions? Yes. You're learning. God reveals things to us, reminds things to us, brings to our remembrance. What did Jesus say to the disciples? He was talking about persecution. See, the whole deal is this, Jesus knew the disciples, most of them would all be martyred. All those who desire to live God's life will be persecuted. To that degree, I don't know, that's up to God. What these disciples said, don't worry about when they, if they, if they cast you into prison, if they bring you before a judge, don't worry about what you're going to say, because I will give to you what you're going to say. I will bring to you remembrance. That's the Holy Spirit. equips you. And he brings to you and I the Word of God in moments when we need it, in moments when we are battling in our mind what the enemy is trying to tell you, put on you, disrupt you, trying to confuse you, we need to take it to the Lord and begin to fill our mind with, saturate our mind with the door of the Spirit, the Word of God. I have no other, better, remedy, not even a remedy, solution, to fight the good fight. And so Paul, I'll sum it up, described in chapter 4 what, what is your job, Timothy? Here's what your job is. Here's what you've been called to do. He says, preach the word. Be, second, be the second verse of chapter 4. Preach the word. Preach it. What is preaching? Declaring the truths of God. Telling the people around you who God is. Explaining the scriptures. Be ready in season and out of season. What does that mean? Well, sometimes you may be asked a question you were not really prepared for. But because you, you studied the, that morning or that day or that week, some, something came back to you, what you read. Something comes back to you and you begin to expound upon it. One. It's great because then, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I that wasn't me. God, God was helping the Holy Spirit. May we have that kind of walk with the Lord that God is talking to us or we're actually listening and we're actually hearing God on a regular basis. Hearing in the scriptures is the absolute sure way. And I like how he says, Preach the word, season out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Oh my goodness! Great patience and instruction. The time will come when they will not endure sound drunken, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in the things, endure hardship through the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry? In other words, Timothy, stay on track. Don't be swayed by every wind of doctrine. Stay true to the word of God. Station yourself. Keep working hard. Study to show yourself approved. He said in another place in this letter, study to show yourself approved of work needed not to be ashamed. You see, Paul was, was thinking about something He was thinking, he sensed it in the next couple of verses. He was thinking about his own departure. Timothy, you need to be strong. Stay on track, stay the course. I'm going to be leaving soon. Isn't it similar to what Jesus said to disciples? Tarry in Jerusalem, wait for the power. Don't try to go out and do it yourself. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus started this whole thing that his church, his people, his body would be connected. Paul describes something about Timothy, he was like a son to me. I have no one else of kindred spirit. The word kindred, by the way, has really a special meaning. A kindred spirit is someone that thinks very similar, has a heart similar to yours. Your, your kindred, is, it's almost like your bond is inseparable. It would be very similar to what God said about David, a man after my own heart. Wow, we can have kindred spirit, we can, we can endure, we can bear each other's burdens. So Paul describing as he comes down, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I've kept the faith. What is finishing the course? I think what Paul said is right there. I've kept the faith. Finishing the course is keeping the faith. In other words, whatever life threw at you, whatever life throws at us, we're going to keep the faith. We're not going to give up on our Lord. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to keep trusting. We're going to keep seeking. Now the reward in verse 8, In the future there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I don't know about you, but what Paul's saying, I'm looking forward to the day he calls me. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to that day when I don't have the weaknesses that I have. The afflictions, the pain, the sufferings, the weaknesses, the, the things that because we live in this world, can we look forward to that moment? What was it that kept what was it that kept the disciples strong? When they were in battle and trial, they realized that one day the Lord is going to come and take them. get out of here. that is up to the Father. It's only the Father that knows that day. So I wanted us to sing this chorus that maybe you'll remember it. Maybe you've never heard it before. If anyone wants to do this, you're welcome. It's called We Will Dance. I have so much norwegian in me that i'm not gonna dance probably to heaven oh i might do a jig but i i think some of our well what would other people think really doesn't matter does it
1: at least in my spirit i'm
0: i'm dancing i'm expressing Well, when we get to the second verse It says, and dance with all your might, lift up your hands and clap for joy. You know what we used to do on that song? We used to lift up our hands and go, you know, kind of a quick one. You ready to sing this?